Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Inkel's Combo. It's great to like, you know, as some people were saying, the you know, it, it's it feel your conversations are starting to feel really like comfortable and like you've been down in the pub and speaking to people. And I say that to people all the time. It's not a I'm trying to like change it so people feel like proper comfortable listening. But the fact that people feel comfortable listening and on the show, we're just we're just like going down the right route, and it's it's great to hear that and appreciate everyone's feedback. But today's guest um, has had quite an adventurous career, you know, being starting from the UK and then ended up in Canada and then back in the UK again. It's, it's, I'm very curious on that one. It's uh, Murray Grindon. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, pal. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate your time, by the way. Appreciate your time. No, of course. Happy, happy to be on. Uh, like, I, like you're saying, I sort of agreed with what you said. I've been listening to a couple of episodes of the podcast. And, you know, it's a lot of fun and, uh, you know, it's a nice chat between, you know, you and your guest and yeah, definitely happy to be involved, man. So thank you for having me on. No, it's, it's honestly my pleasure. You're, you're, no, you were, um, I'm curious just because, just before mm. we get to like, you know, your, your, your awesome career, to be honest with you so far, <laughs> where, um, where, how did, did you always want to be involved in like television and um, even production or producing and that sort of like the media world would be a better way of putting it or was yeah. it something else? Yeah, no, I, I, I think I did. Um, I think originally when I was a kid, I, I probably, I had a fascination with movies uh, and TV. And as a kid and, and sort of into like early teens, that only equated to being a like an actor or on telly because I and I don't think that was like I wanted to I definitely didn't want to be an actor or a presenter <laughs> but I couldn't I was too young to understand that there was a whole industry that made those things that I was watching so I think originally I was like oh I want to be on that yeah. and then as you get older and you find out a bit a few more things and stuff like that you know oh no 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 I want to make the things I want to be in charge of uh, of that uh, and and I don't really want <laughs> I don't really want to be in something like, because I think at school you know you're sort of uh, I don't know about you my school didn't I know lots of schools now have a media department but you know going to school in the 90s not everyone had a media department so the only way to like have that outlet was like drama yeah. and you're like just doing do, I knew sort of doing plays I was like oh, I don't want to be stood on here doing Shakespeare I'd like to be in charge of this and directing it and stuff so I guess, yeah, I've always been interested in that side. But when I was younger, I guess I equated it to acting. But then as I got a bit older and, um, you know, just sort of more interested in it, I was like, yeah, this this is what I this is what I want to do. And I sort of I've kind of been lucky. I've never really deviated from that, you know, um, which which I do always consider myself lucky. I've got younger sisters who are sort of going through uni now and. And, and you know thinking about their future and stuff like that and they've got a, they've got a you know a plan or like an idea but it's quite broad and I've sort of always yeah been quite lucky as in like oh this is what I'm going to go do I'm going to go be in that so yeah yeah pretty pretty lucky to have always sort of wanted to be involved in that world really yeah because you went from you went from school and then mm. you've got your uh, bachelor's of television and film production and radio mm. and TV television that's a that's a, that's a broad it was all of it wasn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's speak about like your course and what you did yeah of course I, so again sort of talking of that like coming of age I remember I remember I was at a school and it was super uni like super uni first you know like you got to get your a-levels got to go to uni got to get your a-levels got to go to uni which I still didn't hate but I remember I sort of went to this open day and I was like and I found myself being like I, I'm good at history I guess and I was like looking at history courses and then, and then sort of I came away and I was like, well, 
what am I going to do? Just you know, be a historian. And then, and then someone came to the university from uh, Bournemouth. Actually, I went to Portsmouth University, uh, but from Bournemouth, and was like, hey, we run this TV and film course and broadcasting. And then that sort of opened my eyes that there was a whole bunch of unis that did these kind of courses. And it was like because they're not being offered at schools and colleges, it was like you know, almost just like, can you prove you have a passion for this? Maybe if you made a few short films in your back garden with your pals mm. on ropey handy cams, because again, you know, it's <laughs> mid 2000s. Mm. Can you, you know, come in and we'll teach you everything. And and sort of to that, you know, the, the, the whole thing, you know, so I sort of applied to a few and Portsmouth was brilliant because it's sort of the first couple of years, they gave you a shot at everything. They're like, right, this semester we'll do radio. This semester we'll do live broadcasting, right? You can be the camera guy. You can be an editor. You can be the producer. You can be the director. And they sort of allowed you to make your own mini production teams. And as the years went on, you sort of go like, okay, that one's not for me, but this is for me. And then by the end, sort of everyone in my class in that sort of final third year, you everyone knew what they were going to be. It's like, well, you know, we had guys that were going to be just editors, guys that were going to go be the camera people producing myself I was oh I'm gonna go produce and direct um and then some people were like no radios for me and it was to have that sort of broad spectrum when sort of it'd been traditional schooling was great and and so that's what you know it was it was large and wide but then you sort of ended up honing and honing and honing and so my final year I was just purely producing and directing stuff but partnered up with those guys that were like well I just want to be a cameraman editor so you sort of found your guys and you made your team uh, and then so you know I went into that university being like okay I know I like this subject and I left with like almost a career path mm-hmm. and because of, and just because of how they sort of whittled that down and, and, and did it really and it was all it was brilliant it was you know I couldn't if you sort you know if I've one thing if I meet anyone that's got like a, sort of someone that age and be like I'm quite interested in that I do recommend it because it will sort of give you a taste of everything and you'll know what's for you and you know what isn't for you. You know, like, ah, oh, that's not me. I'm, I'm crap at that. And, and that's fine because you've got the ability to, it doesn't cost you much on the marks. It doesn't cost you much on the thing. You can fail at that mm-hmm. there. It was sort of like a, yeah, a dry run at sort of the industry and being allowed to fail at some stuff and be like, okay, well, that's not for me. I'm not a set designer. Mm-hmm. And then you leave going, oh, I'm a director producer. That's who I am. And they're like, yeah. You, that's where you best work so it was brilliant and yeah definitely you know if, if that's an area that interests people definitely can't recommend a course like that much I won't necessarily say go to Portsmouth Portsmouth brilliant I loved it but there's so many other brilliant ones you know Bournemouth leads every, every I think everywhere now especially as time's gone on has a great media department because mm. of where we're at so but yeah definitely it was brilliant and and like I said it helped form me you know I left uni like okay the career path is production producer director let's mm. go off and find that work yeah i mean it, to, to be i totally agree with you because people know like i'll be going to uni in september i'm a little oh. bit 27 a little bit of an old well not really older considering there's people older than me going but no. classed as older student but it's because again it was the same thing i was like well i did sound production and then i was like you know what i couldn't what i did well at that and i left and i was like you know i kind of fancy doing radio because i like talking i just i don't as people mm. say 
I don't shut up. Like as my mom used to always tell me when I was younger, so I was like, well, be perfect. You know, and then you get the people that say you're um got a face for radio. So there's another one. Like it's nice comments, I guess. Well that 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 well, those people are, are lying. I wouldn't say you got a face for radio, mate. You're very good at the podcasting, but that's a bit too harsh to say you got a face for radio. Plus also radio these days, radio these days is no longer just look at what we're doing. Yeah. There is no such thing anymore, I think, as pure one form. I think you have to exist in all strategy, you know, Capital Breakfast Show mm. uh, by Roman Kemp is live streamed. You know, yeah. it's the cameras in the room. If you That's want where to get the compliment. <laughs> That's where to get the compliment. Oh, well, there you go. So you like what well, Facebook? I already I'm, knew. I'm the host. You already knew. That's the thing. There we go. There I was go. already one step of the head point. of the game. <laughs> head of the game. But yeah, you're totally right. You actually do. You need to be involved, especially nowadays when you get like, um, I don't know anybody offhand. I really should have. Well, I, I guess it's, it wouldn't be fair mm. to say anyway, but. There is people that have come from social media, gotten like a couple of hundred thousand followers, and now they have their own radio shows. Now they're on mm-hmm. telly. Now they're on, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest one would be um, that last year from TikTok. What's her name? Uh, Amelia somebody. I think that's her name. The, wee- uh, the Amelia Dillenberg. Yeah, yeah. Someone, the one that something has chicken like chop date. Yeah, 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 she she came, she was like tiny. She, there was nothing, there was like, she was a nobody. And then she blew up on TikTok and now she's appearing mm-hmm. in movies and things. It's, it's mm. absolutely crazy how you can come from that. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. You do. I do think we're now going into a place where, like, um, podcasting and things like this, is chances are that media stuff will get you a job versus a hundred percent. I mean, what it, it's in media and protect and particularly social media. I think you know. I always say this. You know, when I talk and you know when I'm sort of explaining the media to people and sort of my side of the business and then just in general conversation mm-hmm. is that, you know, we're, all, we're, we're now we're walking around with one of the most powerful computers that anyone's ever had in our pockets and everyone's got it and everyone knows how to use it. I mean, short of the car, I don't know an invention like that. You know, everyone knows how to drive a car. Everyone knows how to film, record and post on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that so then that in turn means that then everyone's on social media platforms you know i think one of the most things that keeps popping up on on the tiktok i see it's like duolingo the language online language thing has an insane tiktok because it's now part and parcel every company needs you know needs content needs production needs needs you know you you can no longer you know you have to do your advertising and stuff like that but if you ignore content needs you'll 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 fade away it's sort of one of the first things that you know you're starting to see when i first left university i had to go and be in in production Mm. um which i loved uh, um but now people leaving university you could go and work for you know duolingo you could go and work for brewdog you can go and work for a company and be making content and and filming this entire time you know it started with sports clubs you know every sports clubs now has like a production team of about five or six mm. strong easily right the way into the championship so and to and 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 stuff like that and and sort of the lower leagues they still have some person dedicated to their content because it's just it's a necessity now you know um well it it's, a, it's goes hand in hand like, uh, yeah, it's the same as like the, the my very first guest, um, and I'll always be a, a huge advocate of him himself. Really nice guy, actually. And um, was mm. Marcus Nash here uh, for Hamilton Academical Football Club? They didn't have mm. social media at all. This wasn't even that long ago. That's the crazy thing. This was 
couple of years ago. What was he with him? Two years, something like that. But that was mm. last May. So I mean, 2019 to 2020, something, someone. Wow. Like so, so really recently, and he went to them mm. and said, you know, listen, you don't have nothing like that. Um, you don't have a social media presence. It's not, it's not the best. Blah blah blah. And he was like, I can transform it in three months. And if I do, you know, I, you know, I'd like to get paid and stuff like that. And he did. And now he's at um, where is he? He's at Leicester City, Leicester City Football Club. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Just, but, just and uh, and not only has 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 Marcus in that context mm-hmm. given himself a platform to be the go- the go to guy to you know establish himself as a, a, a career path and stuff like that. He's now left Hamilton Ackies, mm-hmm. and that job's a permanent job there. They will never get rid of that job. No, like no. like they'll never go. You'll you'll be very hard pressed to find a company that once they've opened their eyes to content needs and and sort of. The, that side of things that they would go, oh, that was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. The, the impact and the and the and the the momentum that you see from it is instantaneous because it's how we're engaging in this world, really. And it's it's so it's so it's you know it's so crucial. You know, like I said, one of the biggest TikToks I've seen is a language company's TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's their mascot on there. Well, it's it's like the the. Um... I don't, I don't know the name of it because I've, I've just been told about it like a thousand times, but the, there's a garage in uh, Glasgow in Scotland that for just because I know we're from Scotland. I've heard people, I've heard about this. Yeah, I've yeah, heard about this one it. as well. And it's got yeah. something like 50 different slushy flavours or something. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this can't be yeah. real. And then I know. Like, my brother went with his, you know, his current girlfriend or whatever they are. And then mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, like she sent me a video on it on a um instagram was like yeah it's a legit place like like holy crap and i was like jesus that's and they, they started from pretty much tiktok like they invested thousands and then we're like we're just going to go on tiktok and try and blow up and they blew up right. was it like two hours or something they were filled pretty much and 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 think about yeah just think about that like you know yeah we both discussed we're both from scotland i probably don't sound it but i promise you i am um <laughs> but like you're in you're in, mm-hmm. and and you know glasgow's hour and hour and a half away why would ever what would uh, yeah. what hour maybe what what would ever take you down to 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 this garage like you know it would have to be pure chance but the social media the action of social media you'll want to go there it's 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 an instant thing and again so therefore there's a job now for someone now whether or not that's someone at the garage being like oh i can handle this but if they blow up they need someone to manage it they need someone to structure it so in terms of like the job market yes there probably needs to be a bit of entrepreneur you know like marcus your first guest a bit of entrepreneurship and and hand holding because you know we've all set you know we've all set up our mums on an ipad or something like that you know the, like the, there is a sort of bringing forward but once you go that you know the ipad never comes out of the hand mm-hmm. and it's the same for the businesses that garage will never go back mm-hmm. it will never not and it will do more and it will escalate and escalate and then all of a sudden this garage which two years ago would just be run-of-the-mill employees, mm. probably needs a production department, albeit a one-man, one-man, you know, one-person production department. But it's 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 growing because of the way we're interacting with the world, and that you know, whether you know we don't, <laughs> whether it's you want to th- like it or not, you know, the phone is sort of. Uh, the, the access that we have to the internet is sort of here to stay and, yeah. uh, and 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 that just means interacting and creating jobs in a different space that there wasn't yeah totally. five, even well, two years ago yeah exactly exactly and as elon musk said that the 
the um, your phone is literally your third leg now. Like it's your phone. Like it's your part. It's part of you. It's everything that's on your phone <clears throat> represents you. When he got asked um, by uh, Jack Ma, that you know the the guy that owns Alibaba, he turned in and said, you know, mm-hmm. what's your opinion on the the metaverse and stuff? And uh, he said that it's already here. And he was like, well, it's been here for maybe like 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And Jack Ma was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you've got an iPhone. He was like, yeah, I have an iPhone and a Samsung. He was like, there you go. It's just a metaverse. And we just, you didn't look you, at it like that, but that's what it is. You don't, yeah, you don't think. So the metaverse is trying to can bring us in more to, you don't realize your online persona, you know, you have an online version of you mm-hmm. that's really way more complex than I think you think. And then we tend to think of ourselves as, but it's way more rounded and, and close to you. So that's crossing there. And to that point, I think, you know, speaking of Elon Musk, I think, I think it was him that said this or it was off the back of his conversation with, uh, with Joe Rogan on, on one of his podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I completely believe it is that um, there are, you know, the next stage of human evolution has sort of started, you know, you, cause he's obviously dying to put a chip in your head and, link up with that and he's like you're already sort of an android Mm. you know you now have instant information at the click of button instant content whenever you want you know you and me you know no longer have to worry you know go i don't know the answer to that and then just never know we can solve that problem in a second Uh, and 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 you know the 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 scope of of where we are we we the phone technology has uh, uh, and all of its needs in that sort of in that world has sort of moved human, you know, some people are arguing it's moved human evolution on mm. and we're already at another, another level. You know, we're not, humans aren't the same as they were. You could argue that humans in the 1920s were probably pretty similar to humans in the 1970s, right? There was a few more things like a microwave, mm. but a hum- the way a human deals with the world now compared to, even the 80s or the 90s when I was growing up is is night and day. It's completely different. You well, know, it's, um, it's the same as like um, you know, with me. Like for example, I'm 27 now, but 10 years ago or 11, 11 well, about 13 years ago, right? Which is not a long, not a long time. Not a long time. The my first ever. Well, I was about 16, so I guess 11. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, 15. I can't do the math. Probably like 11, 12 mm-hmm. years. But anyway. I got one of those Nokia 6200 brick phones because there was no such thing as a touch phone. It wasn't a thing. Yeah, no. And then when the first touch phone came out, it was like 1,200 quid. Like no one yeah. could afford it. No, you, you it. couldn't. You were, yeah. you, your parents were doing really, really well. You had it. And then all of a sudden, um, um, I think it was Samsung or no, it was an iPhone brought out the, the Apple brought out the iPhone and then Samsung brought out the one and prices dropped. And then all of a sudden it came, well, everybody has a phone now. It's, 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 it's crazy. And and to, to sort of to speak to the the impact of the touch thing, you know, if you look at where mobiles were going, mm-hmm. uh, you know, growing up in that generation, that thing, it was all about how small it could be, mm-hmm. smaller, 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 smaller. So you know, the first uh, the first phones that my parents got were bricks, and then it was smaller, and then it's smaller, and then look how cool and pocket free, and then touch screen and video came to the phone and now you know big you know my phone here is sort of you know the size of it that's huge Mm. you know my first phone was probably my you know i had a phone probably about that size because that was that was the main that was the main one but sort of 
it's it's changed so rapidly and like video and, and content is a huge part of that it's definitely a byproduct of the of the technology but sort of social media and, and the content that's on there is, is yeah we're interacting with it's a big part of how we're interacting with the world in a completely different way and you know sort of come back to it that's it's what's a really interesting time now for people that want to get into content creation mm. or and it doesn't need to be you know i i want to do youtube i want to do tiktok if you there's opportunities to you know because so many people that weren't before are now making content video podcasts you know ten, five, ten years ago brands that would never think of having in any form of in-house presence or any form of content content being daily produced mm. now have teams of people working on that um and I, and I you know from my point of view long may that continue because you know i'm in production and and, and yeah. for the generation coming up you know you're not fighting for a bbc internship you're fighting for you've got options um if, if you go into that space there's so many things it's not and and to you know if you like radio it's no longer trying to get a job on on the BBC or Capital or you know Radio Clyde you know and then you're sort of starting to enter hospital radio areas back in the old day mm. now look at you you know look at this this is a podcast this is going out and it's going out on the same platform as the biggest podcast mm. there's so many opportunities now with with tech and technology that yeah it's it's definitely a different landscape when I enter the workplace and, and you know long may it continue because I think a lot more people, you know, there's a lot more people that are creative and, and maybe there's not, there wasn't a lot of outlets for that. And now there's tons, there's, there's yeah, tons like and a, they're full careers, you know? Yeah, it's it's like, um, we'll get into like, just the way you were talking there, it's like mm. default with NFTs. But I'll, just before us, just before mm. we have that conversation, um, it's funny mm. you said BBC in production, right? Because I know there's a guy in there in my class that's applying to work for the BBC, it's... um. BBC production trainee program or something like that. He, want, he, he yeah. doesn't want to go to uni. He really wants to do that. And I was like, you know, fair enough. They might take you on. And actually, mm. he was. Um, he sent me a, a screenshot. He was like, you know, because I push everybody in the club. I have no rights to do it. I just I just feel people should be. I push them to be like online content, create YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff, because I tell them it's going to help your job. And they're like, Kyle, I don't know what you're talking about. But then he sent me a screenshot of the production thing it was just like a, a brief paragraph bit and it actually said um we're not too concerned about your qualifications we want to know what you're doing outside and what you're involved in he was mm-hmm. like kyle i should have listened to you i've got no podcast no youtube nothing i'm like mate just start it start it today mm-hmm. as long as you it's and it's, it's crazy to see that something because i predicted that years ago i was like it seems like this is what we're going to be who you are online is going to get you a job and now mm-hmm. the bbc are saying to get on the trainee program you obviously need to have some form of uh, qualifications but they're not that concerned about it they're more concerned with what you actually do outside of it how do you know social media is crazy it's probably yeah it's it's because because again the people that are bringing in are the youngest depart youngest people mm. that have the best understanding of this so you know for one of the first times maybe since sort of you know i'm not i'm trying not to be too hyperbolic here but you know uh, that since like you know war times or industrial times mm-hmm. the entrance of youth has such a into the workforce is such a key you know it's such a big opportunity for them because it's it's so important to these companies because they they have an understanding of a landscape that the ceo can't possibly do mm-hmm. and so therefore you know they want to know okay so show tell me how good you are because we quite possibly know that this isn't our area of expertise but if you can prove to me 
that you get this and you understand this content because it's the world that you're consuming and you're living in, you can fly up the ladder because there's a whole, like we're talking about, there's a whole arm and divisions now that are being populated by probably the youngest member of, of the workforce. And to your point, yeah, you should, you know, and sort of similarly with, with me at uni, you know, to find that thing, you do have to go out there and you've got to try a little bit of everything, you know, if, if, if that's, if that's where you want to go, if you want to get involved in media, it's no longer, you know, I, I want to do X, you can go and try it all and, and do it all. And, and the accent, the ability we've got to do this, you know, mm. you know, we're, you know, two people sat on a laptop with, with some software that costs, you know, less than a quarter of a tank of petrol a month. And now you've got a podcast, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's, I mean, there's obviously the work and stuff you go into it, but just sort of the accessibility of us being able to sit down today and record something. That couldn't happen three years ago. I was waiting to say uh, two, three years ago. The Zoom wasn't even a just the way you wasn't. said it. Like you're you know, we're hundreds of miles away from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean a, a a good example as well is I had a guy, will the podcast be out? It might it well anyway. Um I really am mm-hmm. um, a writer, his name's David Schwartz. David Schwartz. He lives mm-hmm. in uh, San Francisco, so he's like over in America, he's quite high up in the writing world. I had him yeah. on, and he was literally when it was morning for me, it was night for him. Like, it's crazy. Uh, the other way around, sorry. It was night here. It was morning for him. It's absolutely crazy. That, I mean, he's thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away, hours away. Yet, all of a sudden, we can connect. It's, it, to be honest with you, it blows our mind that much that when I got my first car, um, and again, mm. I'm not I'm not that old. When I, mm-hmm. I my first car had um, uh, rolling windows. Oh, mine too. Yeah, oh, they, mine too. And now when the car I have now has electric windows. And honestly, I know it may sound like ridiculous. No, I can... My mind a little bit. Like, dude. Heated dude, seats I, and everything. It's like, how does this work, man? A hundred percent. Dude, I lost my, you know, my first car was a, uh, first car was a Nissan Micra. God, I love that thing. But it was, you know, <laughs> rolling windows and, and you know, you know, tape deck that I had to take out and, and put in my own thing. Mm. And, you know, you're right, I'm, I'm not that old. I remember I've got photo. This is how not old I am. I've got photos on that car or on my Facebook and my Instagram, right? Like, it's been old enough that those platforms we were uploading photos to. But yeah. now my car, it's, it cruise control. Blows my mind. Yeah, it's crazy that it can, like... Uh, and it's I just don't have to touch the accelerator. I don't have yeah. to do anything. I mean, I've got a steer, you know, it's not autopilot, but... It's 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 definitely wild, and it's moving at such you know technology and, and stuff like that is moving at such a fast rate of knots that it is creating these these gaps, especially for young people to to dive in and and be the experts because they're the people that can adapt the best to it, you know, because it's the world they've known for a while, you know. When you you know, I've you know as as a as someone that runs a so, sort of a social media production company. I've had to go and learn about TikTok. You know, I've had to sit there and 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 watch there and stuff like that. And I get it now, and I, I think it's a great platform, and I, I do I, I do think it's it's brilliant. Um, but I rem- even at you know I'm 31, and even at 30, I found there was there was a learning process. Whereas my sisters, who are 12 years my junior, it was it's it, there's nothing. They just sort of open the app, could post a TikTok within a couple of bits and it took me you know for, to me to learn the editing on it and you know it took a bit and so there's this wild wild crazy world that's being opened up to sort of 
I believe the youth generation, especially in that sort of the content social media spectrum, because the people that are the experts are the young population. And, and the older generations that are in charge at CEOs know that. Like, it's not one of those debates where you, you sort of have to prove your worth. Look at, you know, your friend with the BBC. Yes, okay, qualifications and write to me why you want to be in the BBC was probably work it was when I was there. And it was a super competitive program. I didn't, I didn't get on it. I ended up working on a BBC show, but I didn't get into the BBC because it was all about, you know, your work and how many days you come in and, and do unpaid work and pay your dues, which I wasn't against, but it was all about that. And now look at it. It's like, show me, show me your social media. I remember actually when I was applying for jobs at uni, there was like a person that helped you formulate your CV and they were like, go through your Twitter and, and, and your Instagram and maybe think about deleting stuff now, mm. like deleting stuff and, and for, for employees and stuff like that, which of course, you know, cause if you mouthing off that you hate the company on Twitter, it's probably not a good idea and probably still affects you to stay. But just the idea that social media, when I was applying for my first job was a hindrance to it. Yeah, and yeah. now they're like, send me your, send me your Instagram. Like, let's see your TikTok handle. And yeah. yeah, it's definitely exciting time for sure. That's, that's, that's funny. You should say what you just said. It's like, cause you said you watched one of my shows. So you know exactly the question. Yeah. See everybody, yeah. like people do watch my shows. I told you, like <laughs> people have on my shows. That's why I respect them so much because like they, they learn from my shows and learn questions. It shows it's mm -hmm. working anyway. The, yeah, absolutely. the reason I asked that question is because like I say to everybody every time, um, and you'll know you the question that's coming up, but mm -hmm. it because it's so relevant. And there you go, you're another person that's irrelevant. It really is such a relevant thing. And well, well, the question goes to you then is that, you know, well, you do think, but um, how much do you think what you post online actually affects like getting your job and things like that? In the sense of like obviously Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, mm. um, Facebook. Well, Facebook's a little bit different because it's really only like friends of Instagram, you can yeah. find somebody through a hashtag and things like that. So I mean, yeah, to, to, to that to that point, yeah, I guess we kind of jumped the ground. I think I think massively. I think I think it used to be seen as detrimental. And look, look, you know, I'm not sitting here like if you just mouth off and slag off people on Twitter, mm -hmm. don't worry, they'll go, well, hey, at least he's opinionated. No, there's 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 obviously things to it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, 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 you know, especially in in the area that I'm in, I know, you know, we've employed people and and sort of they go, I've done this. And I've done that. And the first thing I've done is gone look for it. And that's on Twitter. That's on TikTok. That's on Facebook. I've just gone, you know, and look for it. And I, and I want, and as an employer, I want to see it. I want to see people creating this stuff. I'd much rather, you know, not to steal the BBC's thing, but I'd much rather someone came to me and was like, look, I've not gone to uni. Um, I've not gone to da, 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 but you know, I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with, uh, reading football club mm. uh there's nothing in it for me but i do a podcast with my mates i go down and do some little filmings i do some match day vloggings just because i love it mm. i'd much rather hire that person and see the content that they make and 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 hire them on the back of that proof that i could find mm. than a full cv sat in front of me with rows and rows and rows of qualifications mm. um yeah yeah so a hundred percent i think it's i think it's so important i do think I'm never necessarily one of those people that buys into like a brand, like making yourself a brand. Mm. Um, this is just, this is just me. Cause I, I tend to like, I mean, everyone's not, you know, 
their true, true, authentic selves on social media because you know we talk about Instagram. You only post the nice things and the nice yeah, days. Yeah. Everyone want their true authentic, but but I don't believe in like building a brand. Now, if you are a photographer and you've got a photography page, that's authentically true to you and stuff. So I I I do want to see. I'd like authenticity on that. You know, I don't think you need to go away and you know if you're if you're like, well, I'm I'm targeting you know, there's a job opening here, all right, I'm going to do all my content around that kind of world. You know, I worked on the Bake Off, okay? So mm -hmm. they're hiring people on the Bake Off. All right, I'm going to film loads of cakes. I, I, you know, is that what you do normally? No, so like, I, I'd like to see, I like to see authenticity in socials. But again, you know, you, you the question you put to me is, is it important? I think 100%. Mm. Because, you know, it's how, it's how we sort of, you know, rightly or wrongly, your social media accounts are attached to you. They are, you know, we talked about this metaverse and this this sort of alter ego. It's it's a part of you, you know, your Instagram, your, your Facebook. I mean, Facebook's sort of more like, it's turning a bit more into Reddit, really. It's just a hub for content and, and videos and articles. Yeah, because you can privatise it really heavily, really, really Right, heavily. exactly. But I don't think people are using Facebook the way that they used to use it. No. five years ago when I was at university and I was using it mm. that was the place to post all your photos post all your statuses tag your friends in quiz tag your friends in this you know interact heavy you know much more heavily on that and I think that's because that came Facebook came before the 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 iPhone because mm. even when I was at uni I left uni in 2012 and i don't think i had an i didn't get an iphone until 2014 maybe 2013 like it was after uni my first one i think the iphone 4 or something i think it'd come out um but i think facebook was built for desktops mm. you know it was best seen with all the different things and that's how we interacted with it but then everything moved online and so i think facebook struggled a little bit and the reason people have walked away from it is you know instagram tiktok Twitter, these things live on a mobile and, and work brilliantly for a mobile on Facebook kind of doesn't. But yeah, to come back to it, yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's super, super mm. important. I my advice is be your authentic self on there. You know, don't turn them into hire me, hire me, hire me. But you know, if you're a content creator and you're putting stuff out, then go for it, you know. And I think it's it's important. Yeah, sure. it's yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Great answer, by the way. And it's consistency as well. Like you have to like, you know, we'll, we'll use just because like, I, I honest, we, we will get to you, but it's just because <laughs> the things you're saying are like so interesting to me, to be honest with you, I'm sure the listeners, but mm. it's like, um, so we'll just do like a quick run just before, for a way to say what I'm saying. You know, you worked, you, you're, you were a assistant producer at UPU TV, UP. Yeah, UPU TV. UP yeah, yeah, yeah. UPSU TV, maybe, I think. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was uh, the university's worldwide sort of, um, worldwide, it didn't go global. Across the campus, there was a TV feed that went out and went on big screens and stuff like that. And I was sort of a producer slash presenter for that. Again, just that cost me, that was extracurricular. I didn't get any credit for it. There was just, you know, do you want to make stuff that goes across the campus? Yeah. I mean, I think four or five people saw what we did, but you know, I got to write and produce shows and do live shows and present on, present on camera and stuff like that. And, and that sort of 
was an instant thing. I guess that was the sort of the 20, the 2011, 2012 version of doing a podcast or, 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 uh, or, or a YouTube thing because, hmm. because we weren't quite just there yet. But yeah, no, it was great. I loved that. And then you went to, um, I have a question about the, the like I said, the, the cake thing, but Ooh. we'll get to that. Um, of course. You, you were a, a runner on a Sky as well. Is that, was that like, um, it seems to be that a lot of people go into being runners to get involved <laughs> in the industry. Am I quite right in saying that one? Is that, yeah. is that why you done it? Yeah, exactly so. And I think, you know, when we, when we were messaging and I was thinking about this, you know, sort of what was like my one takeaway advice and, and stuff like that is like when you go into the industry you know no one wants to be a runner you know you want to be the producer or director but that is the sort of the way the way in you know uh, and there are loads of ways into the industry and i can come on to them later but yeah so that's that's it you come on and you go and be a runner and you are just you know it, it when you say you're the lowest of the low and stuff like that it's this you're not treated like you're in the army and you're like you like you know everyone's shouting and degrading you and stuff like that it's just you're there to do the things that they just don't have time for so get their lunch make their coffees um you know shuffle papers printing lot of printing mm. and stuff like that but it is the whole point is is just so that you're on set and they and they know that too that's why they give you these menial sort of menial tasks because then you've got the ability to when you're shuffling papers or delivering coffees you're getting to have a moment to sort of go wow what's all this and and take stuff in whereas when you're a assistant producer on a show you haven't got that time you've got to deliver the job so it's sort of it's hand in hand it's a, like an entry-level position and and yeah that's that's why you you do it because no yeah no one wants to be no one's career path is to be a runner but it's it was some of the best fun I had as well, you know, being a runner at, at Sky and then obviously onto Love Productions as well. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and you had a you were actually a runner um, on a it, it I go I usually go by people's LinkedIn because it's a lot easier than trying to memorize. Yeah, stuff. of course. I'm sure everybody appreciates no, that one. Hundred percent. Um, now it says uh, a warm up act and runner for an index Saturday night takeaway. Yeah. You want to yeah. explain what you mean by warm up? As soon as I seen that, I was like, I'm not, I know. I'm not forgetting to ask him about that. No, no, God, yeah, that was that was that was wild. Um, so that came about. So before I landed, so the next job after that that we'll talk about was my first fully paid career role like weekly salary so everything up to then was sort of ad hoc day work just trying to get opportunities where I could the sky one was with sort of sky nature and in Bristol you know my family live in the southwest um and uh, and so I was getting bits and pieces there uh, and Saturday night takeaway was <laughs> was on the telly and they did this thing called the supercomputer giveaway mm -hmm. where they used to take this supercomputer uh, and take it to malls in the middle of the mall and then they got people to come up and they got them to do funny things and then they could win a like a holiday or they could win money or most likely an ant and deck lollipop right <laughs> so um and they came to bristol and they were just looking for local crew i put my name in uh and i got there and so my job was to get people, get them signed up. But then 
you know, you have to understand it's a, it's Sunday in the middle of a mall. You know, yes, people want a free trip to Hawaii, but we also need them to do silly things for the cameras. Yeah. So they're all bravado when you sign them up and you come on in, come on in, it'll be great. But then when they start to get to the front of the line, a bit like a roller coaster, but like worse, the sort of the fear starts to come on the face. Yeah. So I was sort of messing around with people at the front, trying to get them loose and stuff, you just cracking a few jokes and, you know, stuff and then the producer went i like you can you come on this tour to do that but i want you a bit more front and center and like going hey everyone how's everyone doing right let's get in and stuff like that so i ended up sort of my job was to get people in and still facilitate the production but to really like rile people up and get them excited and stuff Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so we had to sort of warm them up and 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 put on a mini show and then uh and with the other runners and stuff like that and get them really g'd up um but yeah that was that was that was funny it was weird but 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 really fun that's yeah that's, that's awesome to be fair <laughs> i definitely think it's up when i was probably on holiday at some point because there was times when i seen that and then just thinking to myself mm-hmm. i was like i wonder if i probably seen you doing that like maybe like, maybe if, uh, tell you what, yeah if uh in if, if definitely the you know if you were involved in if you ever saw the supercomputer mm. in I think we filmed it in, yeah, just at the start, just at the end of 2012. I think that's when Saturday Night Takeaway was because mm-hmm. um, I graduated June 2012 and I was doing it sort of October to December. So if you ever saw it then, I was definitely the guy, the weirdo shouting out <laughs> in, in these malls in like East Essex and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that and been, yeah, hearing people. So probably was, it might have been you. Probably was me. Probably was me. We crossed paths. <laughs> and you probably went oh my god that guy's loud for a sunday morning uh, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god i've just hung over <laughs> yeah exactly it was weird to be weird to, we got into these malls at like you know 6 a.m mm. and we had to be ready to go at 10 and you know the bleary-eyed people like you know the, especially if there was like a mac at mcdonald's or like a burger king there there was definitely like a hungover contingent that come in and go what is going on <laughs> but yeah a lot of fun a lot of fun but um and then you were on a uh, love productions as a runner yes a junior researcher and a researcher and the runner you were on was um and the reason why i, I waited for this question mm. was actually the great british bake-off it was yeah um, that yeah. so my, my just before we get into that the question i had was that um, as we're just following on from what we were speaking about earlier as well as that if you are wanting to be involved in something like this and you were to post like like you're saying um, you spent well for example it's Monday today and say like a week today so next Monday you knew you were going to apply for a job or an interview and you just mm-hmm. start all of a sudden posting cakes and talking about cakes they're going to be like ah wait a minute why did you start this a week ago and not yeah. six weeks ago, seven weeks ago it does come to yeah. that as well. like you actually can't just be saying as I said to my mate, like I was saying to you earlier, I did say to him, they might ask you that. Why did you start just on the day you said mm. you were going to submit your, your application, then you started? And I don't know, like there's something funny yeah. here, you know what I mean? It's it it's a weird one, but yeah, it does it does come down to that as well. That you there, you have to keep everything authentic because eventually 100%. yeah, people are gonna find out who you are online, it's just not who you are. Like it's gonna come out, it comes out every single time, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, so exactly, and like obviously I this was in the before having a social presence, but I truly believed that, you know, I, I wasn't hired because on, on the Bake Off, I was hired because I liked cakes or I even liked the show. You know, one of the questions I said, do you watch the show? 
And I could have gone, oh, I love it. But I, but, but the thing is, I, I hadn't really watched it. You know, I, I was very fortunate. I sort of joined Bake Off. I got on the wave. So when everyone started to watch the Bake Off, I joined the team. And I was very lucky that I was on that, I was on that ride and I sort of left. Um, well, it's still going up and up and it's still doing fantastically today. But sort of when it became like headline news, mm. I was sort of on riding that wave. Um, but, you know, I'd have been found out really quickly. So I was like, no, you know, I haven't seen it, but I hear, you know, I hear great things. And I think, you know, I'm not saying that that's what the reason they hired me, but I think it played into that, you know, because again, they were hiring people, you know, they were hiring a runner that they could be in a, you know, when you go into production and particularly Bake Off, the hours are long and you're tired and you're, you're, it's hectic. You know, you wouldn't, <laughs> it doesn't sound like, you know, the gentle cake show is, is grueling, but it is, you know, I was, wiped after the end of each season everyone was um and so they're looking for i think people that are authentic and you know when it's you're in the sort of the throes of it and it's you know like the bottom of the ninth really you're looking for authentic people and i think back then that was sort of just done by the interview process and sort of getting to know you now there's a content element out of it okay so if you don't if you're posting loads of videos about like something brilliant and you know there's clearly a passion for the the space for media doesn't matter if the video the the show's about cakes or the show's about lizards or the show's about you know anything mm -hmm. as long as you've got that passion for that area and that project you know mm -hmm. then crack on and and we did have people that came on the show that were passionate you know this runner i worked with a guy called johnny he was he loved the show and he loves baking and he's still involved in that thing is now like one of the top food producers because that's, that was his world, but that's authentically Johnny. Whereas we were sort of there because we love media, but there was a role in that huge show for us and a very key role as well. So mm. yeah, I think, I think, you know, authenticity is, is, is key. So, you know, it's about finding, I think, you know, if you've got a passion for media, you're applying for media jobs. I don't think you need to then go, ah, well, this is about news. So I need to go and do Vox Pops on the street. I think content's irrelevant. Passion and authenticity, I think is what's, what's relevant. Um, totally, yeah, totally. You can't, it's like, um, it's like going, it's like, for example, somebody going to, it's like, for example, I know nothing really about baseball, but it's like, I could go and, I know a lot about other sports or baseball. Then it's like me going to like, a baseball team be like yeah you know you should hire me is to get in touch with your media i know this 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 and this and they're like okay name three things that we've done in the past in the past year in the past 10 years probably what they say and i would name something that happened the last three days they'd be like yeah but what about what about the rest like where's the like anybody knows about that but how, yeah is, it does come to that you do it and they're very quick to pick up like i've noticed that as well and just from speaking to people that have been applying for jobs and like bbc i won't say their names but bbc itv and stuff because i don't know if they're actually still in the process of um you know getting accepted or whatever but anyway there's there's certain people that have realized that like yeah they really need to like get their get their self together in the sense of like mm -hmm. you're not you're not actually going to be able to get this job if like you're going to be playing about and you're going to be lying and you actually have to like focus on that company or that subject and yeah, I mean, you've got to know your stuff, but I, you know, I don't think there's a line. You've got to know your stuff when you go into the into the room because I get, but again, I think what that shows is, I think they're not asking that question to be like, oh, we're going to hire someone that's great at baseball. They're looking to see this guy doesn't know and it hasn't worked in baseball, but he can point to a thing that we did five years ago because he's gone and done his research. Again, it's about passion 
an authenticity. His love for media is so much that he can be his true, you know, he's being authentic and look at the passion here. He's gone and researched. Mm. So I, I, I always see it as, as that, you know, um, because, because, you know, there are so many, like I said, we, we talked about, you know, being the in-house team at, uh, at Duolingo. No one, no one, you know, no, and this is no disrespect to the people that work at Duolingo. I love your content. But no one decided that's what they were going to do. You know, there'll be people there that were like, I've always wanted to work in sport. I always wanted to work in this kind of media. Mm. And they found themselves here doing brilliant content and, you know, sort of stumbling into a world that's, yeah, unknown for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, we're in like a weird social media world. It's awesome, but it's just weird to wrap your head around sometimes. Mm. Like, but I, 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 I'm, I'm totally with you in what you were saying earlier on as well, that the way it's going is just amazing. Like it's just going to, yeah. it'll be so interesting to see where we are. Like even at the end of this year, the things that are coming out and now they're saying they're going to be putting jobs on the actual metaverse themselves. So you'll never, you'll just be wearing a pair of goggles all day you won't actually be going to work you'll just stay in and you could even sit in your room and do it it's it's mm -hmm. and get paid like top 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 money from being in your house it's crazy it's yeah crazy. i mean it's it's mad i don't know what shape the i never know what shape the metaverse is going to take and, and how we're going to interact with it but um it's definitely we're going to be involved in it somehow i you know everything that starts off always looks clunky and is clunky mm -hmm. case in point you know we talked about phones when the first mobile phone came out, it looked clunky and big, and then it shrunk and then expanded, and now it's found its niche, and that took 20 years. I'm not saying the metaverse is going to take 20 years, but it's definitely not, you know, when people are like, oh, I watched that, you know, when Jim Shark had that virtual meeting, I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was like, mm, I'd rather have Zoom. Okay, I, I hear that. But what that is, is not the final product. Like, it's going to be you know way different think about games man think about you know where we were with consoles it's the the, the movement will be so quick and so fast so yeah if you want to get in and understand it dude get it on the ground floor for sure yeah definitely if you're smart enough to be able to work on coding and technology you're 100 you're so i'm definitely not but you're definitely sorry um <laughs> before we get on to your uh your Canada's place close to my heart for a few reasons, but mm. before you get and um, before we get onto that, you were a comedy researcher at Video yes. Networks. What was I'm a huge comedy. I'm not naming anybody I'm a fan of, but I'm a huge just because they end up saying like ridiculous stuff sometimes. No, I know. Yeah, you're, yeah, pinning your colours to a mask these days is 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 quite difficult. No, um, so yeah, that was again sort of I, I you know I spent um two and a half years. Or, or maybe just two years on, on, on the Bake Off. And it was brilliant and I loved every minute of it. And they helped me rise through the ranks and, and get to like a researcher, which is sort of a junior producer kind of level. It's all TV lingo for junior producer. They're sort of getting you to find information and embed it in the story. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just, and the reason I left Bake Off was just, um, you know, just I, I've always, my plan in my 20s or, or the start of my career was to go and experience everything again similar to my university career it's like right i'll go and do a bit of tv and i'll go and do film and i'll go and do digital media or whatever opportunities i can get so then i can go okay i think this is the spot where i want to be so um a natural break came in 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 the bake-off and you know two years was brilliant but you know like i mentioned the burnout is real it is a lot like it's brilliant and you know i couldn't recommend it enough and i had the best time ever but you know after 
a year and a half, two years, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and so this young digital media company called Video Jug um, were looking at sort of, they were sort of a little bit ahead of their time in terms of, you know, how like a, a lad Bible or something, they, you know, setting up a publishing channel where they make content and then brands sponsor them. Um, and they were, they wanted a comedy website. And so they were looking for me to, you know, they said, do you feel comfortable coming in? And again, you know, there's nothing in my CV and there's nothing in my show that speaks comedy, but, uh, you know, they said, pitch me some comedy shows. I went away, I thought of some stuff, I pitched them. And, and the model was, we worked with comedians. The model I pitched and, and worked well was we worked with comedians and we got them to make the, the, the comedy. Mm. You know, we got them to make little shorts similarly to what sort of channel four do you know little little tiny shorts <clears throat> and then we had them on their website so it would, i sort of ran that so i'd run these team of comedians um some that have gone on and i've started to see on like eight out of ten cats does countdown and having four tours and other ones that sort of parked it and left it but some great stuff and it was a lot of fun so, so i managed them and we get the videos in and then and and then distribute them. So it's a lot lot of fun that one. Um, but I guess that that speaking of social media, where they were they were very keen on using social media as a driving place to their own website because that's where they could get the most value. Hmm. And I think the mistake is if you look at something like Lad Bible or a company I worked at later, Joe Joe Media, they they have their own websites but they really do exist on those social platforms mm -hmm. and this company was using the social platforms just as promo to get onto the website and the cross traction just wasn't working so i think even if you spoke to the old if they had their time again all the stuff we were doing would have would have been we would have been a facebook page um uh, and a big one but uh, but yeah a lot of fun that one it was good fun and worked with a couple of fun people good 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 no you went to um toronto um, yes and you which is awesome again close place to my heart for a few reasons but you then yes. you went to um you started off self-employed that's that's yes that's, that's a big move like to start it's a big move to be mm. self-employed in the uk where we're you know we're currently mm -hmm. both from but then to go to a whole different country and be self-employed what was that like that's meant to be a huge step yeah no it was so um so I, uh, my, my wife uh, now, she's Canadian. We met in London. Her visa was running out. I, again, have similar links with Canada prior to, prior to meeting my wife. Um, and an opportunity arose, you know, Video Jug was sort of winding down a bit. And I thought, well, you know what, let's go do it. You know, we're young enough. Um, and when I went out there, I had a couple of, like, opportunities. But it was all on a freelance basis. So, you know, sometimes I was working on a uh, on a as a, a you know sort of as an assistant producer on a hockey show or rugby show because i'd links with the sports teams over there but then you know it was no one knew me and in in that space i mean and toronto is quite you know is it had a burgeoning even when i was there you know it grew in the two years i was there from 20 from 2015 to 2017 it, it expanded and grew but everyone kind of knew people so i didn't have any ins so, you know, I had to take a couple of steps back in my career. You know, I did some producing mm -hmm. but the, and researching, but I also, you know, I did some time as a art, um, an art runner for commercials. And that involved me, I'd pick up a van on 
say the shoot was normally the shoot was Thursday, Friday, mm -hmm. or, or no, Wednesday, Thursday. So my week would be on Monday, I would meet the art director. She'd give me my plan. On Tuesday, I'd go to a, uh, a parking, uh, like a parking lot and pick up a van, like a full van. Mm -hmm. I'd drive around Toronto, picking up the props for this commercial shoot for the art director. Wednesday morning, I'd deliver them to set and we'd get them all set. Thursday, we'd shoot the thing. And then Friday, I'd drive around Toronto and, and, and drop them back off. And then so the self-employed thing, I was just, you know, getting my name out there. And sometimes I was a runner on an art show. And then other times I was producing, helping people produce football stuff. And it was on an ad hoc basis. So, yeah, it was it was more, you know, I guess, you know, self-employed slash freelance, but with no... My aim was just, I'll take everything and everything and anything and everything, just so that people know who I am uh, uh, in this city. And again, just anything in media, you know, I, I didn't have a, a target, just, you know, you want me to run around in a van picking up props? Yeah, fine, absolutely, let's do it. That's the way you have to be, but then especially 100%. when you are in another country, you do have to kind of just, you know, take the, take the low because it's not like, yeah. They'll say you're actually driven. You could have all the experience under the world, but as you're saying, nowadays it's who you are. Like, what can you bring to them versus mm -hmm. before, you know, them hiring a bunch of people with degrees and stuff. It doesn't really necessarily concern. It's more like, who are you actually? You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, I guess also in that point, you know, the reason, you know, it, it wasn't as like a sense of pride thing. You know, yes, sometimes is it hard that you went from producing a whole shoot and running a team to then, you know, being at the beck and call. Yeah, there's a bit of, pride that you have to swallow that pill but then but these people don't know you from adam you know you're you know even it's canada and 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 the crossover is real they don't know who you, what your experiences and your references are like so you go okay well let me show you and if the only way i can show you is what you've got right now is running around picking up furniture across toronto then i'll do that and i'll nail it and i'll keep getting hired back and hired back and hired back and that money will allow me to start to look for opportunities. And then also, you know, you can be candid with the art director because they'll sit there and go, look, you're X and stuff is, what do you want to do? You know, because they, they'd normally go, do you want to get involved in art? And I go, no, not really. What I quite like doing is this. And they go, okay, great. You know, it's not an offensive thing. They go, okay, great. Well, I'll tell you what, if I hear something, I'll let you know. And sure enough, it opened an opportunity for me to go to the production company that I was at for most of my time in Canada. I was just about to say that, yeah, taking it that spike, how you got into Sink and yeah, Ship. Yeah, that's how I got into Sink and Ship, yeah. Yeah, that's that's an awesome story. So Sink and Ship Entertainment, what, what was your, again, was it like production, running and things that you've done there? No, so again, it was a couple of steps down. So I started as a production secretary. Mm -hmm. So it was, Sink and Ship Entertainment was a um, television, uh, a kid's television production company. Mm -hmm. um, they'd been running for several years and had lots of successful shows in Canada and they were starting to filter into America. Um, and they had this big show called um, Odd Squad. And it was, and that was airing on PBS Kids in Canada and, and America uh, and, and was going really well. And they had constant productions churning out. So I joined as a production secretary. So my job was, you know, we had, we're filming every day, mostly in a studio. They built this sort of kids awesome studio thing. And I was a production secretary, so sourcing sort of material. So there was a production team 
that responded to the line producer who was in charge of all the budget. You know, one person would be in charge of all the call sheets and, and getting people together. And then the production secretary would be in charge of the daily sides. So I had to make sure, you know, we got the script from the directors the night before and we had to make them into little mini packets for what we shoot that day mm-hmm. um, and, and mark them up. Uh, and then and then you sort of progress up and you get different roles and responsibilities up the chain. So I joined the production team uh, and that's really where I started, you know, that's sort of the line to producer, the, the you know, the sort of the production management and, and, and sort of making the thing happen that I started to craft there. So yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great fun. So I started as production secretary, got promoted to um, uh, junior, I think it was assistant production manager, then junior production manager. Uh, um, and yeah, did Odd Squad and then a show called Dino Dana, which was about a girl who, it was all like semi-educational. She sort of saw dinosaurs in her imagination and, and stuff. And so it was a lot of, was a lot of fun uh, and constant work. And and yeah, a lot, a, lot, a lot of fun. But it was, again, I had to take a couple of steps down to go do that. But, you know, I then found myself with a very secure job working on a kid's show for a year and a half in Canada, in a, in a foreign country. Um, and again, it could add to my CV, you know, I've worked as a production team, I've worked as, and we were shooting every day, you know, Monday, you know, Monday, Friday, it was a weekly, every day they were shooting, you know, there was times in pre-production, but because it was a constant churning TV show, it was always in production. We did sort of seasons back to back because kids shows don't really tend to have an off period. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, but again, took a step back to come forward. You have you have to do that to be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. Any job, yeah. You, you, to to get forward, usually not all the time, but most of the time, I'd say about ninety five percent of the time, you do have to take that little step back, less pay, to then jump forward to even more pay or more progression. That mm-hmm. it, it does come to that. But you then went. Um, you came back from Canada. I take it that was because of uh, and you worked. You went to Jewel Media, but I take it that's because yeah. um, like you're saying, uh, your wife, his wife, your wife now. You said. Yeah, my wife now, yeah, she's yeah. Canadian. Um, yeah, it's because she yeah. came, it's because like she could officially get her green card. Was that to do with that? So she just had to go back type thing? No, no. I mean, Canada, staying in Canada was an option for us. Um, my wife actually got her uh, Irish passport. She has Irish family. So we weren't even married when we came back. Um, and we wouldn't have had to marry to stay. But, you know, permanent residency was offered and, and there was a route to stay in Canada and, and keep working on that. But I just think we we felt not, you know, anytime we visited, you know, we're, we're always going to be across the two places, but we felt more at home here. Um, you know, anytime we came back, you know, she wants to come back. I was like, I'll come back. Um, so we just sort of got, it was a very clean moment at the end of my two year visa. It was like, okay, well, this is very clean, easy moment to go. We're going back to the UK and, uh, and move in there and, and you know I saw the Joe Media you know we were sort of lining up we we're heading back in December and we saw the Joe Media role and I applied for it and you know I was doing my interviews like over Zoom and over Skype and stuff Skype Zoom didn't exist it was all over Skype mm-hmm. um, and yeah I was doing all my interviews over Skype and sort of the fun thing about the funny thing about Joe um which I love this sort of the, uh, I got my interview for the job, got the job. It was all over. And the day I landed, 
they asked me, you know, well, when do you land? And I said, well, I land this day. And it was a Friday. And they go, any chance you could come in? And I think I've been a very reasonable answer to say, oh, look, you know, I've just landed back from two years away. Can I meet you Monday? But there was a part of me that goes, I think you should say yes here, you know, to show them. So I did. So I said, you know, we flew on the Thursday night, landed. My my mum met me and me and my, my wife to be uh, at the airport, and they went off back to Somerset, and I left, got off the plane, went into central London, and started my first day at Joe, mm-hmm. <laughs> and was in my first meeting. You know, we landed at seven in the morning and I was in my first meeting at 10.30 that day uh, at Joe. And again, I think that was just sort of more, because again, that's sort of me and I had a passion for it. You know, I wasn't trying to impress or show. I was just like, well, I can do this and I, I want to. So why not go there and get all my stuff and then, and and be the guy that got off the plane from Canada and came straight, you know, because you can be that person. So yeah, no, I landed and landed and went straight to work at Joe, <laughs> literally. Do you think, um, I don't know if this will be true or not, but it might have been, do you think if you hadn't done that, they might have reconsidered taking you because it'd be like, mm, or was no. it, did, did you, was it like, so it wasn't like you, how you see it on the, because it sounds like the classic no. movie set, if you turn yeah. up this day, we're going to get you on. Yeah, no, 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 no. It, the job was, the job had been offered and I'd accepted. All right, okay. And then they sort of gauged the water, I think. It wasn't like, well, if you could start, could you start Friday? It was just, look, the role they were hiring for, they desperately needed. They had no form of production management. And I think there was a thought process by the guy that hired me, who's still a very close friend, uh, Andy, who was like, if we could get him in for what that one day, you can do all that things you need to on your first day, sign up to the payroll, get your laptop, so that Monday we can hit the ground running and I kind of felt that tone and I was like yeah all right I'll 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 show them that I can match that and it didn't feel like to me at the time it didn't feel like too big of an ask mm-hmm. um you know I was in London I could get there within a couple of hours there might be a little jet lag but again you know I walked in and I had the slack for that they were like you know they sent me to lunch early with a couple of people and then you know they turned to me at four o'clock three thirty four o'clock and went look you're knackered you haven't seen your parents go home so you know it wasn't it wasn't one of those like do it or else kid I think it was just there was an opportunity on the table for me to show that I felt wouldn't cost a lot to show that I'm in like I'm, I'm I'm bought into this you know what we're trying to build here I'm in. Uh, and, and I think that's something you said, because it kind of, kind of set the tone. It's like, okay, this guy is it. And I was, you know, that was the, the Joe project. You know, my job was to build a, pro, you know, a production management arm of the entire company from scratch. You know, they hadn't hired anyone like that before. Um, and now I, I sort of left it. It's a department of, of five. So, you know, there was a buy-in thing and I was like, I can, I can, I can do that. I don't think this costs me anything and I can, I can go do it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Good on, good on you as well. Well, cheers. I mean, I was, I was a bit, you know, I'm sure in the meeting, I wasn't giving it my, I'm sure I wasn't probably, you know, I got there, but probably wasn't giving it my best. I was probably sat in the meeting like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, <laughs> just you know, agreeing and be like, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what I was agreeing to just trying to keep my eyes open. 
<laughs> um, you ended up paying for lunch that day, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, no idea. <laughs> no idea what I was buying. <laughs> but um, now you're current currently um, at Social Bull Media, but mm-hmm. you started off self-employed. Is Social Bull Media is that your company or? Yeah, that's my company. Oh, oh it's because you. St- it says it's you started off self-employed. I was like, I wonder if that's another thing to like, like you were ad hoc or something, but it's actual. No, no. So. So what I mean, so we started Social Bull, um, we officially launched in January 25th um, of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we all, the, the, the guys that worked it, we were all working at Joe. And, you know, during the pandemic, there was lots of furloughing and, you know, the usual thing. But there was an opportunity for something that we always wanted to do, which was start our own production company. So, you know, we took that time on furlough and that sort of leave to sort of build social ball mm. and then social ball was operating in a, in a space, but you know, you take to, to register as a director, you have to wait until the tax year starts and et cetera, et cetera. So, so there was like a time change in that, that we had to be self-employed, but we were, and we were billing our company. If that makes any sense. Like Murray Grindon was sending an invoice to social ball media and I was paying myself. So it was just the way it worked out because of, of moving stuff. But no, social ball uh, media, it, it, I'm one of the co-founders, me and, and three other guys are the, are the co-founders of social ball. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what kind of stuff, which is awesome, by the way, I always like hearing about like yeah. self-employment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of stuff do you guys work on? Or I, I know what stuff you work on, but do you want to tell other people? What yeah, of course. Stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So social ball media is a, um, a social first production company, sort of a new content brief studio. So what we really work on is is branded content uh, and what that means for, you know, if I'm over explaining, apologies. But what that means is, um, you know, there'll be a commercial campaign for, you know, let's use Pepsi Max. So Pepsi Max will have a huge activation around the Champions League. Um, they will do print advertising. They will do uh, TV advertising. And then they're social and it's what they do for social. And as we spoke at the start of this podcast, it's a brand new world and stuff like that. So we saw that, you know, that production companies were sort of making things and then putting them on social. We didn't see anyone that was just a social first, you know, ego free, thinking about the audience and the platforms production company. It was offering these services to, you know, agencies, to brands, to football clubs alike, you know, best, basically how can we best make, content for you for socials and, and and make it you know and weaponize them mm-hmm. so that's how social ball was formed and that's what we do so i would say because of our background at joe and a couple of the other guys you know used to work at sky as did i um um and one of the founders scott used to work on soccer am we have a specialism in sport i'd say about 70 percent of what we do is sport but another 30 percent is sort of entertainment really uh, and we work as i said we work with media agencies um that sort of have clients uh, and look to us to sort of advise them on what they should do for their social arms we work directly with brands they go well we've got this activation what can we do and you know for socials uh, and then we also work with some sort of um with talent so we've sort of identified there's a market we think for um for um non-content making talent so you know socials everyone got them at the time but there are people on there with huge followings that don't know how to make stuff so but have a passion and want to make a project so we work with them one of the key things we do is um uh tubes golf life which is a golf interview show Mm -hmm. 
Um, Tubes is from Soccer AM, so obviously we had the connection from back in the day. And, you know, Tubes had this vision and he was implementing it first. And then we got involved and, and sort of streamlined it and, and starting to help it weaponize for social. So, yeah, that's sort of the area and what social ball covers really but the first and foremost thinking we're always thinking of is we're a production company that thinks of the platform and the audience first and we're trying to work with people to help them make that content yeah yeah which is awesome so it's awesome so say like say there is talent out there that um mm. is wanting to get in touch with you guys or is wanting to do how do they go about that because as a lot of companies as you'll know they like getting tagged in their posts or tagged because obviously it's recognition but is there a way that they can like come to you and be like look am I not good yeah. enough because that's not the nice way to put it well and it's, it's not nice but it's the truth am I good enough to be involved if I is my following big enough how does yeah get in contact with so you? if someone wants to get in contact with us I mean you know sort of the usual ways social media across all, all all social platforms you can follow us and send them a message we'll always respond um uh, also on our website we we have a um we have contact information. We have a hello at sociableMedia.co.uk, or you could find the four founders. We've sort of one of the things we want to do is make ourselves presence on our platforms as well. Mm-hmm. So you know we're not just a faceless company. You know that the company is run by Murray, Jack, Scott, and Mike, and you can get in contact with with any of us, and it's pretty pretty easy to find us that way. And then again, I would say that it's for us. We've sort of been approached with people that have an idea and it's never that they're it's never that they're not the right thing because i tell you what honestly a captive audience of 5000 people is worth way more than a disengaged audience of 500,000 people mm. because people aren't they might okay views the views could be higher than the 500,000 but if you've got 500,000 people that just are just following a thing because they want to Sure, you get views and a few likes, but the engagement and the reaction to the content means nothing. But there's 5,000 people. If that's watched 5,000 times every time and it's got 3,000 comments and, and, and 2,000 shares, that other, that other page and that other person couldn't dream of that interaction. So it's never about the size of them. All that we do is go, okay, well, you want what's your interest? Oh, I always want to do this. And then we go, okay, well, I think it'd be X. And we help them develop their show. And genuinely there is no, for us, it's not about numbers. It's about audience capture. You know, I'd rather have, yeah, I think, you know, you'd rather have a tiny room filled with listeners than an auditorium filled with people not paying attention. And and that's the exact same for social numbers and views do not tell any they tell such a small part of the effectiveness of, of, of content uh, and stuff. So it's never, yeah, it's it's always about honing the idea than necessarily honing the talent themselves. Yeah, yeah. Awesome answer as well. But it seems like you've always kind of like done what you kind of loved. Like you've always kind of mm. like followed down that path. So say there's somebody that's, um, you know, struggling with it or like, because um, as you're probably, you probably know people as well that do it on the side, yeah. like how they have a nine to five, but they they, they they spend like literally all their time trying to like develop something. But, and it's not, they're, they're not like, they know, they know themselves if they stop their nine to five and then join on that, mm-hmm. it will explode, but they're scared. What would your question, what would your, uh, sorry, your um, advice be to somebody that's, that's doing that, that is ready to take this, wants to take the step, but it's like, ready to well ready to make the decision but it's very unsure because obviously you know sure. uncertainty and stuff what would you say to someone 
Well, I mean, I think it's first of all, you know, it, I think everyone could sit here and, and sort of give like a Gary V answer of like, do it, go chase your dreams. Mm. And that is actually sort of the answer. Um, I, I truly believe, you know, I've never, look, my whole mantra of getting a job is I never wanted to feel like I was working. Now, the reality is, is that, you know, and now I'm my own company and stuff like that, you know, there are things I do like tax forms and like, call sheets and just sort of pitch decks and stuff like that where you know it's mundane work but the outcome is that I'm working on something that I love so you can put up with the mundane because it's a for a company and for a thing that uh, I love so I, I'm a huge advocate of like if you do what you love you'll never feel like you work a day in your life now that being said I think you have to be realistic about where you're at. like you know doing what you love doesn't you know the tax man doesn't take experience you know, the gas man doesn't take experience when the bill comes in. So my my advice is always, you know, I would say if you feel ready for it and go for it, then there is there is no there is no perfect time. There's never going to be a perfect time. You know, we we undenied about starting social ball and when should we do it and when should we drop the the sort of side freelance gigs that we had as well as social ball. And we just had to pull the trigger. And it worked and it, and, 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 it, and it worked and we just had to go, okay, well, that's it. And this is it. And we've got to make it work because it also, when there's no safety net, you do, you do work harder at it because you've got no other option. But what I would say is, you know, if someone's like, well, look, I've got bills to pay and stuff like that, you know, I've got this thing, I really want to do it. But if they're not maybe in the spectrum, you know, if they're not maybe even in the industry, go and find a space in, in that industry for you. That allows you to work you know there's so many tiktok creators that i see that are also running social media for small companies i think this one girl um called like neve hadkins and stuff like that that you know i've, I've sort of seen on on tiktok she runs socials for like a environmental recycling company but she's also working on her brand and her platform and then i think there are some opportunities there you know we talked about the running thing it was never my dream to sort of you know a, on Bake Off, I was painting benches and taking out cakes, but it allowed me to be in that, you know, and taking out bags of cakes to bins. That's not what I signed up for. That's not where I wanted to be. But doing that and doing that stuff allowed me to be in that space. It allowed me to grow. And, and you know, I did some sort of fun projects on the side or even just sitting around and, and planning stuff. You know, if I don't take this career, you know, I don't meet these four, three guys at Joe Media, we don't start sociable. And that's because I dip, dipped into it. And, you know, even to this day, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly where I want to, where I want to be. You know, I have my own production company and that is, that's always been a dream of mine, but now it's to have a very successful production company. You know, the mountain always moves, mm. but giving yourself the best opportunity to be in that field, I think can help. And I think that's sort of a good compromise, but, you know, I, I am also an advocate of like, you know, you've got, you've got to, you've got to do it. You know, if you've got a passion for it, don't waste, you know, we, we've, we've also talked about how quickly time has moved and we kept going, you know, 13 years, that wasn't that long ago. You're hundred percent right. But 13 years goes like that. And if you've got the passion, you've got a love for it, then, then go for it. And there's been no better time, you know, maybe bar the Renaissance in Italy, there's been no better time to be a creative in this space. The opportunities and the facility and the 
the opportunities and the facilities that are available to you now are crazy insane. Mm. And so if you've got the passion and you want to do it, then go for it. And then if you need to do it inch by inch, do a roadmap, find yourself a company that will allow you to outlist that artistic intent. And then you could film some stuff off the back of it, you know, join it, you know, contact a football club and be like, I'll be your videographer. Then they'll pay you some wage, but then you can also do X at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice, you know, go for it. And if you still need some caution, just co- look at the field and see if there's a space for you in that field to then be in the world and have one, one half in your project and one half in another. Yeah. And <clears throat> to be honest with you, I think that, and you know, I think that's a, um, an awesome way to end, but I do want to ask you one last question because I know that the question does <clears throat> help people um, mm. in terms of like, you know, facing fear, even though fear is a, to some people say fear is a construct, construct, you know, face everything, rise. There's loads of like um, acronyms and things like that for them. But um, have you ever, I'm, guess, I'm guessing you have just with the way, like you said, moving to a different country and then mm. moving production and being self-employed. So I'm guessing you might have have, but have you ever had to like face your, and I don't mean phobias, not like spiders or like. No, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, have you uh, ever had to face your fears before? And if you have. Yeah. Did you then, um like uh, how did you then how did you deal with it and then implement it into like to change the next time you had to face that fear if that makes sense 100 percent. there's so many times i mean there are so many times when you set out on this path you know you, you sort of read off my cv and i'm like wow that's that's brilliant and i'd tell me but you know there was a time in canada where there was no jobs coming in and i had to, and i was and and the only job available to me you know being that i was a door-to-door salesman for a month um selling spa packages you know you sort of come down you spend 69 bucks off bite off me and you can go to the spa four times and I was doing that door to door because there was no work for me Mm. and you have that moment of you know oh my god what am I doing you know this is miserable and I'm doing this for an outcome and you're like should I just pack this in and you know go and teach and there's nothing I'm that's not me being disparaging teaching my mum's a teacher my wife's a teacher you know do I go and find something with a bit more of a steady career progression and and path and it's a real thing you think about you know I remember when I left uni you know I left uni and I was applying for those runner roles and you know the next line is the next line is when's the job coming where is it going to be and you don't have an answer there's no, no one's taking a chance on you and, and you go oh my god do I need to go and I guess so I was faced with that multiple times in my career um and, and I imagine I will be again you know it's never gonna it's never I don't think it's ever gonna go away um and the way I sort of dealt with it it came back to the passion again it was just like yeah but if you go and do that are you truly, truly, truly going to be happy? And also, you know, do you bet on yourself? You know, I, I sort of, you know your worth and you know your value. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I can, I, can do, I can do this. Now, I'm not, I wasn't doing anything insane, like trying to be an actor or, you know, where the odds are astronomical. But I, you know, I had, you had to sort of grit your teeth and go, no, because the other side of the fence might seem greener now but it really isn't like stay in this side of the fence i just had to keep telling myself you know keep grinding and, and an opportunity will arise itself in canada when i was going there you know when i was first applying for jobs 
when we start sociable right now you know i'm constantly trying to get work and, and evolve us and there are times when i definitely go have we done the right thing here you know would it be easier if i was running a team in-house at a company that we spoke about mm. and potentially but i believe in what i'm doing and, and i have the passion so i i think it always comes down you know yes i felt that fear but i think it always comes down to there's the, you, you know it's never going to go away i think you almost sort of embrace it because you know it's part of that and you sort of beat it with the passion and the desire that you have for the, for the field that you're in and there are good days and there are bad days 100 percent. i think you just have to acknowledge it and just you know also accept that the fear is a part of that and and don't you know it's not i'm not saying you know it's ignore it and stuff like that it's like okay yeah there'll be times when it will be shit scary but then there'll be other times when you're on set and you look around and you go this is all my company that put this on and that moment there is the reason that you deal with the fear because if you give into it you'll never get this one up here so that's sort of how i dealt with it and, and got through but uh yeah passion passion and, and want to keep going yeah. <laughs> as yeah i mean there's not much else i can say on that to be honest with you like there's it's, it's true you have to at the end of the day, it's easy, it's easy enough saying that, um, you know, as you, as you said, you could have literally given up. Like, it would have been easy for you to come back home, you know, get a job and stuff like that because of your experience. But it does take a lot. It takes a lot and it takes, like, a lot more willpower and stuff to then do that sort of thing. But then you're able to influence people that, like, you know, like myself, if I was to ever go over and stuff, which is an option, but if I was to ever go over and be like, you know, why, did, why should I do this? It's like remembering what you said and like, yeah, but... Mm -hmm. You could go over there and work in, um, I don't know, McDonald's or something like that. But if you're working on your projects and getting in touch with companies at the same time, they're going to be like, you're clearly trying your hardest to stay. You are. And, and, and I would say that, you know, if you go over there and you work at McDonald's, but you're working on that project, you're still the unsafe side of the fence. You're still working on the passion thing. Mm. You know, I sold things door to door. I, I've done, I did some accountancy work when I first think, you know, there were things that I did to fuel to fuel the thing that I wanted. And I still see you as that side of the thing. You know, how many actors sit on the Conan O'Brien show and go, yeah, I was a waiter. Yeah, my first job was in telemarketing because, you know, we live in the real world, you've got to pay bills. Mm -hmm. But as long as there's always, you're always working the stuff and you're always passionate about that. You're always that side of the fence and you're still working on it. And, and again, there's no, I don't think, you know, from my point, there's no shame in that. You know, I've done, you know, they're not on my LinkedIn because my LinkedIn's droned at the TV side. But I'll talk to anyone about the time I was working in the accountancy thing or, or going door-to-door -door sales, selling spa packages. It's just as a part of the work that I've done for Sociable as it, as it is for, for you know, for, for, for now. So, but, yes, yeah. you probably learned stuff from that as well that you're impl probably. implementing now. But, yeah. yeah, I do want to, um, you know, I do want to, like, I, I especially because of just the way you were speaking and things like that and i'm sure there's a lot of people that were like influenced by you and hopefully will now take the initiative that's their goal is to help people pursue the dream job i realized that that's quite a big word the dream part yeah. i kind of changed that to like do what you love every day and it's, as long as you are i mean i know people that work in um uh, as does not too far from me that love their job like they sit in the yeah. checkout and they love getting to meet people they love to be footballers but they don't want to leave asda because they like us as if it's yeah. literally it could be anything from that to being i don't know um bill gates or something. If that's what you want to do mm -hmm. then go out and work for it everything is that everything's kind of out of reach but it's attainable it just it takes years that's the yeah but it's you have to enjoy it's the process 
A hundred percent. And if if that process involves different things and different tractions, you know, you know, like me, you know, painting benches on the bake off or you know, cutting up sides on a kid's show or, you know, handing out flyers at Edinburgh to kind of do things. None of those things were sort of the career path. You know, my goal is to be own my own production company, but it was a step on the, on the journey. And like those people that work at Asda, if they love working at Asda mm. and, and the football thing, if they're getting to play football on the weekend at like a semi-pro club and then working as to have the greatest time, they're doing it as well. They're just they're achieving exactly what, what it is. I truly believe in that, like, so, you know, the minute you're unhappy somewhere, the minute your head is dipping, either be it at a place or in a field of work, I think it's time to wrap it on the head and 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 and, and head to another direction because time is so quick, you know. 10 years will go by like that and mm. and and you and it wouldn't have moved and you'd have been ha- unhappy and you know we got to work for a living so we might as well be happy you know it's what the, it's the thing we do the most right mm. work so try and be happy out there as much as you can yeah exactly and on that note you know i i always love to get people's um social media the reason being is obviously as you probably guessed and as everybody will know as well is that it's to promote what you're working on but also to get in touch with people because some people yeah. like people's stories and they're like I really want to tell you, like, I liked your story and, you know, you helped me and motivated you. So do you want to give us, um, and so if it's all right with you, do you want to give us your yeah. your social media so we can... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Out? So um, uh, if you sort of search on most platforms, Murray Grindon, um, you know, I'm quite blessed that there's only sort of one of me in the world. So at Murray Grindon is my handle on on, on Twitter uh, and Instagram. Uh, and also, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn, Murray Grindon. Or also for sort of what we're seeing, if you follow um at sociable media hq uh, on instagram that's our instagram um for for sociable my production company come check us out and we respond to messages and and stuff like that you know that's run by me and the three other guys so you know check out sociable media uh on 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 instagram and and twitter as well for sort of the work we do but then yeah if you want to reach me personally at murray grindon uh, on instagram and twitter yeah you're certainly blessed with that i, got, I, I am very lucky that it's yeah. just me, I think the only other Murray Grindons are something. I think you know, the, uh, my my email is sort of my surname with a few initials, <laughs> and that's because Murray Grindon at gmail.com I had and I forgot the password to. Like no one took it. I just couldn't get into it again. So that's you know the only other times that Murray Grindon is taken from me is me forgetting my password. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, very lucky that way. Very lucky. That's like me. I have um. Kyle Mercer at Outlook.com, but Kyle Mercer on everything else is taken. Yeah. <laughs> you can find this really famous country singer. And I actually DM'd him once like, years ago and I was like, I really wish I could just like just be the only Kyle. And he actually messaged me back and he was like, lol. And like the message. <laughs> I was like, ah, I love it. my name, I really want that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody knows that uh, you get me on uh, in Kyle's combo. Also, if you like me attempting to lift stuff, it's on a uh, and Mr. Big Kyle, because I do everything a lot bigger than normal. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for watching, and thank you again, Murray. I really appreciate your time. And, uh, of course. Like, comment, subscribe, and I'll see you all later. Thank you.